Before I uh, have a prayer, I, I'm really touched by the reading. Lori, thank you for that reading. I just think about it, how often that story was told long before people read, just sitting around and just to hear it. And um, I'm an early riser and to hear the birds singing in the morning and then here in the south, I don't know about other places, but when that heavy humidity evening, you start hearing the crickets and the frogs and God made all of that. And then last night, some reason I woke up at three, moon almost full. Man, I might have one of my, um, it's called Seven Spaces. I went on a retreat about three years ago and um, these are seven spaces I try to fill. Um, not every week, but try to fill in my life. It's kind of like a, a rule of life. And um, the sixth space is called beauty and recreation. And it says, too often we minimize the power of beauty and its restorative power. Place yourself in places of beauty and serenity to give space for the Lord to recreate and refresh you. Amen. Amen. Um, so let's bow our heads. Uh, Lord God, we are so grateful for, for you and for the reality that you are a relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And even though that's just beyond our imagination, we, we do know that there is, there's love and unity. There's passion and purpose in that relationship. And uh, you invite us into it. And that's the word we seek today. Amen. So I, I want to talk about baptism. And um, I'm going to share some stories from Acts and baptism and pull some things out and then share a couple of stories from my own life. But um, Gabe and Mark and Taylor will tell you this. When I'm, when I'm preaching, um, knowing in advance, I'll come up with an idea that I just kind of walk around the office and I throw it out and hear what they have to say and I throw it out here. And um, oftentimes someone comes to visit or in my small group, I might throw it out there too. And um, Because I think the word comes from the body. I do believe that. And that's just how I approach it. Um, and so I was talking with Gabe on, on this passage. We All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in or into, is another translation, into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I'll be with you always to the ends of the earth. So Gabe and I were talking, and he just says this. You know, we're baptizing the movement. That's all he said. We're, we're baptizing the movement. I went over and I wrote it down and put it on my notes. I kind of keep notes um, in my sermon notes as I'm doing. We are baptized into movement. I like that. Um, growing. Baptism is growing, living, changing, expanding, advancing, restoring, renewing, re recreating all the re's. Um, and also grieving and weeping and struggling and hurting. And can we say hoping and believing or faithing? That's baptisms, all that. And God is inviting us into that life, that movement, a baptized life. Um, the last verses, last verse of Jesus' prayer, it's called the high priestly prayer in John 17. The last verse is 26, and it says... I made known to them your name, Father, and I will continue to make it known that the love which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. And all of us know love is a movement. Love is not just a thing. It's active. It's, 
it's struggling, it's, it's a baptized life. So being baptized into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is being brought into a community, both the community with one another, but more importantly, a community with the Godhead, this Trinitarian Godhead. Um, that's a confusing thing, I know. Um, but there's a creed called the Athanasian Creed, and it's in our prayer book, and it's talking about the incarnation. What, what really went on when God became flesh, you know? He didn't send his son. He became his son because the son was God, right? But there's this one little line, and it's amazing. It says, um, he became, I mean, God became the son not by taking on flesh, but by bringing flesh into himself, that's a, a strong orthodox view. Let me say that again. The movement is God drawing us into him, not us drawing God into ourselves. That's the movement. That's what the ascension was about. When Jesus ascended, he took flesh into God. All right? That's as deep as I can get on the Trinity, guys, right there. I'm going to stop right there because what I want to talk about is the baptized life. It's a community um, and before I go any further, I just want to take a look. There's lots of stories of baptism in the Acts, okay? Um, and um, there are a couple of them I'm going to read. It says they baptized in the name of, of Jesus Christ. That's just the same thing, right? I mean, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So don't get caught up in the fact that when we read a baptismal story in Acts, it doesn't say, and I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They baptize in the name of Jesus, and that's what it means. Trust me on that, okay? All right, so I just want to start with um, last week. Last week was Pentecost Sunday, and we didn't read this part of uh, Acts chapter 2, but it's the very end of that um, Acts story where the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, and in Acts chapter 2, um, right there towards the end, in verse 37, it says this. Now, when they heard this, and what they heard was Peter preaching this amazing sermon about Christ who was crucified, who was raised from the dead and ascended, and the promise of the Holy Spirit came. So that's what this is, all right? And so when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart. And you need to know this, and I think you probably know, the first move of the Holy Spirit in anyone's life, if you're not a believer, is to convict us of our need for God. So this is the Holy Spirit. They were convicted, if you will, cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of them, brothers, what must we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized. Turn, that's a movement. Turn and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then down in verse 41, so those who received his word were baptized. And they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Now, I've never, um, in my leading a worship, had 3,000 people come to faith, okay? But I've been to revivals. Um, I've been to a promise keeper with 40,000 men praising the Lord. Um, I know my mother's testimony. She went to Billy Graham. If she could get to Billy Graham and she was an Episcopalian, she went to Billy Graham. Um, I've been to revivals here. I've seen them there. I just wrote a couple of them down. Um, Promise Keepers, Joyce Myers. Have you ever seen Joyce preach and women who have just been abused just come to faith? Not just few, but lots. Um, I also remember hearing a a sermon by a guy named Ray Bakke back in the 80s. And he said, you know, there are 10,000 men in Egypt gathering in a cave on a Tuesday night to hear the word of God. 
That's revival. God does that. And if you look throughout the history of the church, you can see that. That is God drawing people into the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's a baptized life. And when it happens, just let God be there and just try to seek discernment when it's not God. Because if God shows up, guess what? Then the Satan's going to show up too. And so that, that, that's just enough about that. All right. Then I want to move over to chapter 8 of Acts. And this is um, after Paul had seen Stephen. Um, Stephen was one of the um, seven deacons in chapter 7. We read that 6 and 7. And then chapter 8, Paul was ravaging the church. And here's an important point um, for you. Have you ever been convicted of something that you know you're wrong about? And before you admit you're wrong, you lash out. Has that ever happened to you? Come on. If you've been married, this has happened. Before you finally admit it, I think that's what was going on with Paul. As he watched Stephen get stoned in the end of chapter 7, and he said, Father, forgive him. The Spirit began to convict him. So what did he do? He ravaged the church until God did what? God brought him down, if you will, took him into Damascus. And this is an amazing thing here. Sent this guy named Ananias to him. This is all in chapter um, in chapter 9, excuse me. Well, chapter 9 is where he sends Ananias. I got you on that one, Mark. <laughs> he sent Ananias to him. And Ananias' first word to Saul was brother. My brother Saul. Think about that body of Christ, that word we speak to one another, beginning that baptized community, drawing people in. Um, so he baptized Paul, if you will, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and then I want to shift just a little bit and, and go down to chapter uh, 16 of Acts. And Paul's been on his missionary journey and he had planted some churches, and his desire was to go back and strengthen the churches. And it's called the Macedonian call. And the Holy Spirit wouldn't let him. The Holy Spirit sent him across the sea, the Aegean Sea, into what is now Europe, a part of Europe. And so he goes there, and there, weren't, there wasn't a synagogue there, which meant there, was no, there wasn't at least 10 Jewish families. So he went down to the river. And I love his story because he meets a woman. And this is a businesswoman. And I'm just going to add something I didn't say this morning, but it was a businesswoman, and she heard the word, and she believed and was baptized. Now, hear this. The first person, at least scripturally, doesn't mean the other people hadn't come into Europe, that was baptized on European soil was a woman, and it was a businesswoman. And not only was she baptized, but her whole entourage of business people. So those of you who run businesses know this. Your faith matters. Your faith matters to the people that you work with, all right? Lydia is a great example. Now, this is not in the scripture, but I like this. I wonder about this. Paul wanted to go back into Asia to strengthen. God sent him over here, baptized Lydia. And if you look on the map, the place where Lydia was from was back over here. Did she maybe evangelize the area that Paul thought he should go? He sent somebody else, all those people, that whole household. I don't know but I think that's worth wondering about. 
Um, then you go down to chapter 16, down towards the end, and Paul is thrown in jail, and he meets this jailer there. And the jailer, because Paul and the, the, the uh, jails were opened up, and he was afraid that he was going to get punished for letting them loose. And he says, what must, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved. And then it says this, um, and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour that night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Family, the way you live your life matters. All right? Um, so um, I want to tell a couple of my own stories. Um, first of all, when I was, when I was 12, um, my mother died on March 21st, Mark's birthday, actually. Um, and uh, she'd been fighting cancer for a long time. And in, in those years that she was unable to go to church, we went with our grandfather. He was an amazing man. And, um, and so he would pick up the grandchildren, we'd go to church. And so there we are in my mother's bedroom and my oldest um, sibling had a child and, um, and, he had, and it was his baptism. He was like a, a month old. We baptized him in the room with my mother. And lo and behold, I think his daughter's my mother, and they knew this, but my grandfather was baptized as well. And he had never been baptized. And he had taken us to church all those years, never came up for communion. Um, my grandfather experienced the fellowship of the body before he experienced the fellowship of the Trinity. Um, what we do and gather matters, all right? Um, it was an amazing thing um, that happened there. So um, fast forward, you know, um, I'm married. Well, let me say this. The baptism of my nephew, I don't know, man. He um, took his life um, about eight years ago. Don't know about that. Did it work? Um, somewhere in the scripture we just read, some doubted. You know, baptism is not a magic thing, guys. We, when we baptized, when we baptized Mako last week and, and those two children of, of Zoe's and Nate's, it's not a magic act, but it is an invitation. And what we do in those children's life matters. And so I just, just say that. Um, so um, third, fast forward, um, I'm in Monroeville, and my, we've had our third child, and we're about to baptize him. And my, his, one of his godfathers brought home this bowl. And y'all have seen it because it's the bowl that we use here. We actually cracked it at the 8 o'clock service. We're getting it fixed. All right? That's why I don't have it here. Okay? Um, but um, but so my, 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 his godfather brings this bowl and this church is a very formal Episcopal church, and they have this, their little marble font with their little silver bowl in it, and we didn't do that. My, his godfather, my friend, held that bowl in the middle of the aisle, and we poured water in it, and we baptized him, and actually my, my second son, my fourth child, our fourth child. Um, and, um, and so that font, that bowl came with us, when we planted this church and everybody that's ever been baptized in a font here was baptized with that font. And I'm looking out there and I see some of them. Um, actually I baptized Matt, but we baptized him in the river. Yeah. Um, Francis Price, where are you Francis Price? Um, where, uh, you know, Henry, Henry, I mean, there's a lot of you here. Um, that's just a whole nother thing. The, the bowl's not magic guys. 
the invitation to, to be a part. So the reason I tell that story is, um, I think it was a couple of years later, I, I didn't do the due diligence and call and finding out, but there was a member of our congregation and uh, he's worked out the mill. He was Australian, actually New Zealander, and uh, just a big strapping, New Ze just classic New Zealander. When you think of New Zealander, this guy was it. And his wife, um, his name was Francois, she was a French Catholic, and she went to the Catholic church, and Hugh came to our church. He got cancer, and he was about two weeks away from dying, and Francois came to see me and said, our son Andre has never been baptized. What can we do? I said, well, I'll just come to the house. You know, so I took that font, and um, we went in there, and he was in a hospital bed, and he, we sat it on his lap. And we poured the water, and Andre was baptized. And I think it was about a month before that, we had been on a retreat, and I'd heard the story about Native Americans, um, that water is so sacred to them that at their baptism, Christian baptism, they don't just finish the water and, you know, throw it out. On the, that the elder member of the, of the tribe comes forward, and then it comes up, and they just bathe themselves until every drop is gone. And I told... Something, you know, y'all know me well enough to know, I just, things just pop in my head and I just say them. And I just said that. I told that story to Hugh and Francois and Andre, and he took that font, guys. He just poured that water over him. That's baptism. I don't know where Andre and, and, and uh, Francois are. I hadn't seen them since I left there 23 years ago. Uh, but they're part of this body, this community of faith. And that's a baptized life. How it plays out in each of our lives, um, it can be as different as one who's always had the faith. And that's what we want for our children, parents. Amen. There'll never be a moment where they're away from the Lord. We used to say that all the time. We don't, I don't ever want Aowen to be away from the Lord. Um, maybe struggle, but it's also, um, it could be the ones who, what's the, the word in the AA, that just don't know how to get off the elevator till it's all the way to the bottom and there's nowhere else to go. Um, it's for both of those. And you might be one of those or somewhere in between. Um, or it can look like all those points. Uh, my guess is if we had time, everybody told their testimony, it would. What's fundamental to know um, and believe that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, this three-in-one, this movement of a baptized life, is calling every single one of us to be in it and participate in it, no matter where you are, what you're struggling with. Um, God coming among us cleans up the mess. He, he's doing the messy work. We just got to trust him, make the movement of believing, re recreating, restoring. Um, did you hear Paul's words? And that reading that Laurie read, I'm just going to close with this. What's the most important thing to Paul and them? He says this. Um, after he said, you know, do good, do all this, he said, for we are glad when we are weak and you're strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. That's your restoration, your movement. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen.